These are my mistakes. They're real. They're mine. And I made them. So hopefully, you can learn from them. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of How to Be a My name is Guy, and we are talking about the five mistakes. Why is it always five, Guy? Why five? Well, three always seems a little bit too little for a video. Ten always seems way too much. Um, so it's five. Five mistakes. These are five mistakes. Do I make, make more than five mistakes? Oh. <laughs> so... We are talking about the mistakes that I make in my game design. Now, are these absolute mistakes? No, because you can always fix them. Are they bad mistakes? There is nothing ever bad about a mistake. When you make a mistake, when you fail, when you do something, you go, <laughs> that did not work. Definitely very bad. No, that is a learning opportunity. And as long as you learn from your mistakes, you are golden. As a matter of fact, if you don't make any mistakes and everything is perfect and nothing can possibly go wrong, then, uh, well, you haven't learned anything. Sorry for you. So we're going to jump into these five facts. And I would like you to hit that like button for each fact or mistake that I have made. Right, into it. Number one. This is a weak mistake. It's actually not even a mistake. It's just being lazy. And I have done this multiple times. And in the latest book that I'm working on, Mage Hunter, the Dice's role-playing system, I started to make it. And thankfully, my amazing playtesters, absolutely amazing playtesters, pointed it out. I create tables in order to help me keep track and balance things. So say, for example, I go, right, um, here are the rules for how magic works. There are different tables and you reference the table and from the table you get a value and then you take the value and you turn it into a spell. So every spell should be able to be broken down onto the relative tables with the relative cost of those different components, which you then put together at the end and there's your spell cost. The problem was is that I decided that doing that was very boring and so I would just sort of eyeball it and go, well, this spell costs that much. I was being lazy. And so I was creating spells and the players were going, hang on a moment. If we use the spell, it's really cool, but it's actually costing more than if we use your tables or it's costing less uh, than your tables would indicate. I made this mistake when I was doing the complete guide to nautical campaigns way back when in 2019. It was bad. It was really, really bad. I then had people bringing Excel sheets where they're like, well, look, I plugged your tables into the Excel sheet and this is what happens. It breaks. How do we rectify this? So I actually had to go back and redress what I had done to try and bring it in alignment. That created more work. So if you are going to create reference tables, lookup tables, and the like, you have to stick to it. Now this creates in itself a very small problem, which we're going to talk about as one of the next issues in this video. This is one of the biggest mistakes that I have made over decades decades of game design. You get so excited. Yes, I love this new system I've come up with. I've got these reference tables which generate this stuff which is really cool and it all seems to balance mathematically on paper. And then instead of testing it and rigorously testing it, you carry on building based on those 
tables. You carry on, you flesh out. You're like, oh, this allows me to add in a whole fate system. Or this allows me to add in a destiny. Or this allows me to add in a this or a that. And you're building this house of cards on an unproven base. I know it's exciting. I know that it is captivating. Once you start designing and you think you've got a watertight situation, role-playing is one of those instances where the players and the DM are using your systems in ways that no one can anticipate because there is an infinite number of combinations that occur. And so when it is those things that happen and the players go, but hang on a moment, how does this work? Or, oh, I've put a character together using this different formula. My characters are mortal. When you have those kinds of gaps and they're critical gaps, your whole system falls apart. And trust me, I have seen this with professional companies. And I'm, I'm going to say it because they lost the license. Talisman. I did a review on Talisman where I was like, this is a great system. It's super cool. It's lots of fun. And then my player found a critical failing in it. A critical failing. The whole system had been around, had been formed, and this critical component had been overlooked. And it wasn't like it was a super subtle type of thing. It was literally a space that was uh, freely available to the player characters to do that build. And when I addressed it with the creators, they went, well, we'll fix it in the second version. We'll fix it in a... They never got there. The license was taken away. Sales were disappointing. So all of that effort, all of that wonderful work, all of that money that was invested got lost. Now, it wasn't just because of the system having that giant hole. There were other issues that get, went into it. But if you have a basic system, test it, test it, test it. And when your players go, oh, this is a really cool basic system. Can we do more? That should be your cue to then go, well, yes, here's one more component. Now, in my own system design, I started on version two, I think, that I gave to my playtesters. And I said, here's version two, go play with it. And they played with it and they're like, well, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Uh, we wanted some issues here. But they also listed a whole bunch of, oh, you could add this, you could add this, you could add this, you could add this. And I went, yes, I'm fixing your initial issues first. I'm addressing your first round of issues. So I have a process where my playtesters have a review document and they leave their review notes. And when I'm going through those notes, I'm going, is this a core mechanic that they're questioning or is this fluff, is this extra nice to have? And the extra nice to have stuff goes in red with question marks. Is this too powerful? Does this break the game? But the core stuff is, please try this again. Please test this again. Let's look at that. And then I release patch notes, literally saying, well, I addressed the magic system. I addressed this issue. I addressed that issue. And then the players test it and they go, no, you didn't actually, because you missed the point. I digress. That was point number two, though. Number three. Oh, my goodness. I actually spoke about this in the last video that I spoke about Mage Hunter in. The whole equipment thing. Now... I'm doing live shows on a Tuesday night at um, 8 p.m. BST, which is noon Pacific time on the YouTube channel where I'm playing Lone Wolf. And it's a Choose Your Own Adventure book series. And in it, they have a system where you are limited in the number of items that you can carry in your backpack. They did that rather than using encumbrance rules, which very few players, uh, certainly that I know of, 
will ever actually use. They kind of go, well, I might be overweight, but then that's not, I can't carry everything, so it's not cool, so I'm just gonna ignore that, right? I decided I was gonna have a maximum and a minimum number of items that the players could carry, or the maximum number of items. And that was in the rules from day one. It gets in the way, it's clunky. You go, well, okay, so I'm carrying six ox wagons in my backpack because I can carry six items. No, you can't, but it says I can carry six items and weight is not a factor. So I made the mistake of holding on to a rule because I thought it was cool rather than looking at it going, does it actually work? Does it enhance play or does it get in the way of play? I wasn't looking at that. I just went, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, version one, two, three, four, version five. I released the video and I got feedback and someone suggested, well, well, does anyone really care about the small things? It's really only the big things that should be problematic, like how many ox carts can your character carry? That got me thinking, going, hmm, well, what if certain items were listed as cumbersome or heavy? And cumbersome objects you can only carry one or two of. So like a full set of chainmail is cumbersome. I have a, a chain shirt and a hood. Carrying that is really cumbersome. I don't think I could really comfortably carry three sets of chainmail. Maybe two, but then I wouldn't be carrying anything else. And then I thought, well, that makes sense. But now what about ox carts or chests filled with treasure? Those are heavy. Those require two or more people to move. Doesn't matter how strong you are. If it's something that's super heavy, you're gonna need two people. So I abandoned the system of you're only allowed to carry 10 things. It's like, you can carry as much stuff as you like, but if it's listed as cumbersome, you can only carry a certain number. And if it's listed as heavy, you can't do it on your own. So that solved it. So by looking at what I was holding on to and then abandoning it, I got a better solution. This next one has been the bane of my existence. And I literally, as of today, we're on version six, arguably. So the next version of the book that I'm gonna release, uh, the playtest book, is version six. Only by version six, I have learned from my previous mistakes. This is a common mistake is fleshing out stuff that doesn't need fleshing out beforehand. And principally, I'm talking about explaining equipment, skills, and the like. If you are designing a role-playing system for commercial consumption, you have to assume that the buyer has never role-played before, unless you market it as this is only for people who've role-played before. But even so, your system is going to be unique. And so even though you might describe equipment, four-man tent costs, 500 slivers, great. You will still need a paragraph describing what that equipment does. A four-man tent will sleep four average-sized humanoids. It's waterproof, it comes with pegs, guy ropes, and two tent poles. It is counted as cumbersome. The reason why you need to explain it is because there are gonna be situations where the players go, um, is the four-man tent waterproof? Yes, it is. Well, can we make a boat out of it? Hmm. Interesting. By having that description, it gives the GM something to work with. It gives the players something to work with as well. Skills or feats or abilities. There is the mechanical description that you would have and that I have had in since version one. You've got to test the mechanics, but it's the fluff. 
acrobatics. You go, okay, cool. Acrobatics allows you to jump and perform nimble athletic type abilities. Okay, cool. But you need to expand upon that. And you can add in things like what skills would counteract acrobatics? Or can you use acrobatics to tumble away from an attack? All that minutia is stuff that you have to add in eventually, but you don't add it in to begin with. Why? Because your playtesters can ask you that information directly and you can give them a direct response and it hasn't really wasted too much of your time. If you go and start filling in all of this information beforehand, lo and behold, by version 5, you've actually completely cut the skill or the ability out. It's changed how it's worked, so you have to go and rewrite everything anyway, or it's just no longer relevant to the system. So you need to make sure in your game design, you keeping it as mechanics focused as possible, whereas all the fluff, all the examples, this is another good example, is examples. In my book, I've got lots of examples. So these are the mechanics, this is how it works. I wrote examples, the mechanics changed, and now you've got to go back to every single example and go, right, so the maths that's here is no longer appropriate. I've now got to change that, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That goes in towards the end. Otherwise you are rewriting, 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 and that sucks. The last point for today's video is bloating. Bloating happens when I eat beans or when I add in extra stuff because someone in the playtest goes, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could do that? You start as you are building your role-playing system. You start to expand it out and you start to embellish upon it and your players start to give you feedback of very specific things that they'd like added. Now, Mage Hunter, much like Bounty Hunter, has always been designed to be something that is relatively light, relatively quick to set up and to get going, even if you're in an inexperienced player. However, as you are creating these systems, more experienced players, and these are my playtesters, will go, well, the basics are great. They're cool. We get that. That's easy for us to grasp. Let's add on a whole bunch of other cool things which are nuanced and which, if you're experienced, make sense. But if you're inexperienced, suddenly you're going, the character creation has 53 steps. Oh, it's so intimidating currently has eight. I wish it could have less, but it's got to have eight. So sometimes the system will bloat because of cool ideas which will work on your existing framework, but which overcomplicate things for the sake of completion or for the sake of just a little cool thing that may or may not crop up once in an entire campaign. So be aware of what is essential, what is necessary, and what is fluff, what is bloat, what is added for the sake of adding and make sure that every mechanic that is in your book is tested thoroughly before you start to expand or expound upon that mechanic. It will save you so much time. Take it from me. This is the right way to go. Now, if you are designing a role-playing system and you want support or you want feedback, I can't give that to you. I don't have enough time in, in the world to do that. I would suggest you join our Discord, discord.gg forward slash greatgm, and we have a channel there for game design. And that's where you can post up your game design and people can comment and share upon it. Now, if you're worried about people stealing your ideas and things like that, by the fact of you posting it into Discord means that you have ownership over that document. And if you do see that your idea has been used in somebody else's system, you would have legal recourse. I know it's lengthy and etc, etc, but you've got to get feedback somehow. And these people are people like you who watch this channel and so generally, I would hope, are trustworthy and nice 
people. Because you're trustworthy and nice. Anyway, this was my five mistakes that I have made thus far. There are more. Uh, if you want to know more, leave a comment down below. Say, hey, how did you address this? How do you address that? What do you do for this? What do you do for that? Let me know and I will be able to do another video on that. And of course, if you found this video insightful or inspiring in some way, hit that like button or the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. It just lets me know that these videos are popular and useful and ask for. A big thank you to my patrons who keep the channel going and to all of you for watching all the way until the end. Until next time, I wish you and yours the very happiest of game design.